Hello, everybody. How's everyone doing? What's cracking, slacking, cool cats? Hello, my name is Gideon. You call me G Money, and this is Chef Dan on my left. How how how's everyone enjoying their weekend? Everyone doing fine? How you doing, Chef Dan? I'm doing really really good right now. We had a very very uh, interesting starting round of playoffs. I'm ready to get right into it because there's been a, uh, uh, I mean, with the there's just been a so much. A, a discussion to be had about what happened during these first uh, this first round and what could possibly uh, go down in the uh, second round. So I'm ready to get right into it. How you doing, G-Money? Great, great. I'm doing swell. And with that, let's get it started. One series that caught my eye that was shocked, the Boston Celtics got broke up the brooms and swept the Brooklyn Nets right out of Barclays Center. For Zip, this is the eighth time in franchise history the Boston Celtics have gone to sweep. For the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> Brooklyn got swept. They got swept. Goodbye, goodbye. Go home. They got swept like dust on the floor. Good grief, Sharif. Everyone, including myself, thought the Brooklyn Nets before the year when they had James Harden was going to win a championship. I was emphatically wrong. Because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the rest of this green leprechauns from Boston had other plans out there. And man, they were possessed out there and showed a lot of gusto. Durantula was colder than the Arctic, shot under 40% from the field. There was times in the series he was quiet as a mouse. I remember in game three, he didn't take a shot the last 11 minutes of the game. And then in game four, yes, he had 39 points. But he started off 7 of 13, then went to Frigid, 6 of 18 down the stretch, and disappeared in the fourth quarter. Missed a big free throw and clunked the big three. And then game one, he shot 9 for 24. And then game two, he was he was just horrendous, 4 17 from the field, and clunked his last 10 shots. Just an awful series from Durant. Uncle Drew was not much better. He didn't shoot well neither. There was times he was quiet, times he wasn't being aggressive. And it was sad for the Celtics. Jason Tatum was phenomenal, showed a lot of leadership and IQ down the stretch of the game. Marcus Smart with his great on-ball defense, loving his ball movement and his passing. Jalen Brown was huge with his athleticism, could stretch the floor. And big Al Horford was wet from downtown. He was big time. And my and the X factors were Payne Pritchard and Grant Williams. Chef Dan, what did you think about this Topsy Turvy series? Um, as as topsy turvy as it may sound, it realistically looking at it at the end of the uh, day, when you see the result that you get, I I wish I could say I was surprised, but I wasn't because okay. you kind of uh you you. You banked that this series was going to go seven based on the sheer offensive power and the star power that the Brooklyn Nets had in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. You also, you know, sprinkle in the shooters that they have in Seth Curry and Patty Mills, things of that nature. You can see why some people felt that offensively they were going to last longer. But right. like when you look at it in whole, in context of like the, you have to look at it in the context of what their season was and what they went through as the Brooklyn sure. Nets, 
looking at it, is it surprising that Durant down the line, after playing all those games that he played, after suffering the MCL sprain that he suffered, he came back, he was averaging the most minutes he had ever averaged as a, a, you know, as a, a, a player, especially as a lead ball handler, the times when Kyrie Irving wasn't on the court. Mm-hmm. Like, is it surprising that he came up lame during these last four games? Uh, uh, you know, especially even have after having to go through the uh, the play-in game, it's not. He mm. he naturally never had the stamina to do something like that. What we asked him to do was essentially a LeBron James task: carry the team, do mm-hmm. all the rebounding, do well not all the rebounding, do as much rebounding. You have to contribute to the rebounding because you don't have as much bigs as you would want on the floor, and right. you have to do a lot of facilitating because James right. Harden is gone. Kyrie isn't looking to be a point guard. You need him to be an offensive outlet, and there's no one else that can handle the ball as much as he does. So, in regards to Kevin Durant, it was it was not surprising that uh, uh, the 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 statistical uh, the statistics that he gave us coming down the stretch. Kyrie Irving, I think that's a whole nother matter that they have to address as a franchise. What do you want in the franchise? Because um, there's been a lot of talking heads through the media that have been dragging Kyrie Irving's name. And that's mm-hmm. deservedly so because the one reason they keep dragging his name is because he doesn't want to show up to work. You got to sure, show up to work. That. I agree with that. You just got to show up to work. So when you look at it from the Brooklyn Nets perspective, as far as like the result they got, it isn't all that surprising to me. It feels like, you know, it, it that was the, re- the result that they deserve. That's the result that they earned. You didn't play any defense down the stretch you were all about the offense so that's what happened and the brooklyn uh the boston celtics i think they just showed their medal as like they're Mm -hmm. a more complete team it wasn't much to show other than hey defensively they can get after a star and make it physically uh uh, uh, hard for us a star player to get comfortable but They've been showing that all throughout the uh, uh, the regular season, and when it came time for them to display it on the uh, on their you know on the playoff mm-hmm. floor against a, a star team in mm-hmm. uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they were able to do that. So it's going to be a different series now against the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah. But what you know because it's a different uh, a different class of athlete, different type of team you're playing all together. They're not looking to do the same thing the Brooklyn Nets are doing, but. The Boston Celtics have definitely showed that they have some championship medal. I mean, you made some valid points, but here's what I thought. It's not the fact Boston beat Brooklyn because Boston was deeper. I picked Brooklyn to win this series because I thought star power was going to take over. I didn't trust Brown and Tatum to take over the game down the stretch. And remember, Yudoka hadn't coached a playoff game until last series. So I looked at that as a factor. And I thought guys like Dragic, Seth Curry, Drummond will be a factor. I mean, Dragic produced. Seth Curry had his moves, but Andre Drummond wasn't a factor at all. His rebounding was limited. Yet, I understand Durant played a lot of minutes. I get that. But even then, I and yes, Boston played great defense, doubling him, trapping him, clogging the paint, being physical with him. You got to give the Celtics credit. But at the same time, I also blame KD and Steve Nash. Nash doesn't know how to get his players to cut to the basket and doesn't know how to run a system for players to share the ball. And yes, I know Durant was tired. I understand that. I understand, you know, he was carrying the load. I get that. 
but still under 40 percent shooting and multiple times you don't even score 20 points i can't i can't defend that i'm sorry and also the fact that again you also have to make adjustments if you're a superstar because a superstar knows how to adjust to the same defense that teams are going to run you in the playoffs remember you're not playing different teams in the playoffs you're playing the same opponent and you just got to learn how to adjust to that defense i mean shed thing you made some good points but i was shot that durant struggled the way he did i thought he'll step up that's the thing there and against milwaukee boston and milwaukee and we'll and we'll get to walking chicago in a moment boston did a great job diving for loose balls and getting black shots against milwaukee what the celtics have to do if they want to get past the Bucks, they got to guard that three-point line yes we know chris milton is out for a while because of the spring mcl seven in game two against the bulls but the Bucks still have great shooters grayson allen who's been red hot from three drew holiday who creates on shot the mid-range bobby ports they can shoot the three you also have Pat Counter that can hit threes. And even Serge Ibaka, because I think they'll play him more in that series. So those are things. Salute, Andre. What's what's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing? And those are things we have to consider. It's going to be a long series if, when Boston plays Milwaukee. And also, they got to find a way to clog the paint with Giannis. Force. Okay. So, uh, so yeah? yeah? You were saying about Giannis? Yeah, so what I'm saying is that before we get to the next series, my key series is keys for Boston is to just, you know, just be physical with Giannis the next series. And speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, as predictable, they wallop the Bulls in five. There's nothing much to say about this series. The Bulls got a good game to win uh, with DeRozan having a monster 41-point game, which is a playoff career high. But ever since then, the Bulls just gave up. The last three games, they combined to lose by 70 points. They, they got smacked by 30 in game three, which is a franchise worst playoff home loss. They got killed by a Kobe-esque 24 points in game four. And then game five, they lost by 16. Zach Levine didn't play because of protocol. And then Caruso didn't play because of his injuries, because of the concussion. So the Bulls, man, it's just that Yes, they have talent, but they just don't have depth. They don't have rim protection. DeRozan it t- t- shrunk in the playoffs again. Vucevic, yes, we all know he loves to shoot the outside shot, but he doesn't score in the block. The Bulls just don't have enough outside shooting. The Bulls did a poor job with their transition defense. And it was a predictable and boring series to watch. And Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, Giannis took their lunch money. So what do you think about the first round? What do you think about Chicago and Milwaukee, Chef Dan? Um, it wasn't surprising to me that this went down the way it did because the Bulls were consistently telling us that was who they were throughout the regular season. There was a stat there that uh, the Bulls, any team that was uh, seeded higher than them, they had, a, I guess, a, I think a 2-12 and record against uh, uh, teams that were seeded higher than them. Teams that were, uh, uh, you know, uh, contending teams, they didn't have a winning record against those winning teams. So mm-hmm. when you have that in the play, it, it, it of right. course, kind of, it, it makes you look at the DNA of the team and go, what fundamentally went wrong? And you have to see, I think it's more Thank than you. just watching Thank the, um, I think it's more than just watching 
the the series, the tape throughout the series and what happened here and here with each player. I think you have to look mm -hmm. at all those games in a whole throughout the uh, year and ask what happened as to why we couldn't beat the winning teams. It has to be more than just we were missing Lonto Ball because even sure. when they had Lonto Ball on the roster, they weren't beating the good teams. That's so true. They were getting it, destroyed it, by the good teams, in fact. They were getting destroyed by the good teams. Yeah, so in regards to all that, that's why I say um, that's why I say it, it wasn't surprising that the Milwaukee Bucks were able to dismantle the Chicago Bulls. And, it, you know, for the run that the Bulls had throughout the uh, regular season, it was very mm -hmm. impressive. Salute to them. They were finally right. able to, uh, you know, uh, get a winning season mm -hmm. uh, this year, go above 500, get into the playoffs. But Mm -hmm. This is what this is what happens when you're a rebuilding team. You get into the right. playoffs, you think you're better than you are, and then one thing uh, leads to another. And right there, you, you you run into a bus of a team, especially a team that just came off of a championship, and they feel like, hey, they they have it. They have the they have a shot to take care of what they can take care of. So that's mm -hmm. why it's um it wasn't surprising to me. And looking forward to uh, the season that's going to be between the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Like you said, uh, uh, Chris Middleton isn't there. Mm -hmm. The Celtics are not facing a team that isn't um, like the Nets, where as far as you're not uh, facing a small lineup every night. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. one thing that I feel uh, uh, is also is going to be to the Bucks' advantage there. The Celtics right. kind of got off easy because the Nets could only run small lineups. They don't mm -hmm. have lengthy young defenders that could help you know take the load off of what KD and Kyrie were going through defensively. So that's what they had to go through there. But with the this this series is going to be way more interesting. I think we're going to look more so for... Um, this is where coaching is going to shine in this series. I think personally, coaching is going to be a factor because it's going to be based on what, uh, uh, what, what adjustments could the coach make lineup-wise and who's going to give their coach something in those adjustments. I think there was only so much that Steve Nash could do because the roster is just that old in, uh, with the Nets. So he had to just elect to go small. And then you have... Uh, uh, um, yeah, the, the Bucks right there, they they didn't have to worry about with the Bulls, a, a team that was going to pressure them because that, that team is learning. They're young and they're right. learning. It's right. going to be very interesting how the coaches adjust on this uh, in this series. What do you think right. is going to be a deciding factor? My deciding factor is which team, if you're Boston, guard the three-point line. It's a little push nice. Guard the three-point line because Milwaukee loves the outside shot. If you're Boston, swarm the perimeter. Be physical. Don't let Grayson Allen, Connington, Ibaka, because I think Ibaka's going to play more in the series, I have a feeling. Um, Hill, because when Hill comes back, don't let these guys get open shots, Bobby Portis. Fight through screens, be physical, uh, uh, fight through flare screens, and you'll get there if you're the Celtics. For, for the Bucks, you just got to um, attack the rack. I know Boston has rim protection. I understand that with Horford and Williams. But if you're Giannis, full speed ahead, get these guys in foul trouble. Because if you get these guys in foul trouble, Boston lose rim protection, though. So my keys for Boston, guard the three-point line. For the Celtics, attack, excuse me, uh, for Milwaukee, go to the rack, get Boston in foul trouble. And also, Drew Holiday, I'm pretty sure he's going... There's going to be times in this series he's going to guard either Tatum or Brown. 
be drill hounding, be physical, stay out of foul trouble, get the fleshes and steals, play without fouling, and try to put your hand up in their face. That's my keys there. And like you said, Chef, then you made a, a golden point. Coaching. Can Mike Buden can Udoka out coach Mike Budenholzer? Because remember, Budenholzer's been there before. I understand Budenholzer can be inconsistent with his lineups, but Budenholzer's won a championship before because he did make some adjustments. We haven't seen that. Udoka is has done a great job this year with getting the proper adjustments, but we don't know how Boston's gonna look against a taller team, like you said, against a team that can block shots, against a team that can against Drew Holiday that can also guard the perimeter too. So that's the thing there. So I think it's going to be a long series. If I have to guess, this is tough for me. This is tough. Let's not let's not give any results right now. We can, uh, you know, let at least the first two games play out and we can see what, what's going to happen. But we, I want to dive right into uh, this because the mm -hmm. other Eastern Conference, uh, uh, the, the other first round series that happened, the uh, Miami Heat, Defeat the uh, Atlanta Hawks, four to one, gentlemen sweep. Yeah, I physical defenders. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. Miami had a bunch of guys that if if Trey Young switched onto them, they mm -hmm. had the ability to somehow get their own shot. Fresh. But they were just physical as as defenders. Mm -hmm. Ph physicality in defense is back in the NBA. This is what Fresh. I saw throughout this series. Mm -hmm. And Trey Young could not get comfortable. What what did uh, you see? I agree. And don't forget this too. Also, depth. Miami had more depth than Atlanta. Like you saw Tyler Hero at times get off. Only Depot. That lot in game five, Shevland. Jimmy Bullet didn't play. Kyle Lowry didn't play. But he had Only Depot giving you 23 points. He was going to the rack, stretching the floor. So Miami had more depth and ball movement. And like you said, physicality and attention to detail. I loved how they were first to the ball, swimming through the perimeter with the Hawks. I loved how they put their hands up. And like, and also they were trapping Trey Young, doubling him, getting the ball out of his hands, and tried their other guys to be him. The only consistent Atlanta Hawk that was able to hit shots was DeAndre Hunter. Other than that, no one else could really find their groove. And also, that's the thing with that. And this series was, uh, this series is like, I kind of knew the Miami was going to win in five because I said this. Atlanta only shot 30% from three against Miami in the regular season. My, uh, uh, Miami's one of the best perimeter defensive teams. You had Lowry, Tucker, um, Bam, who's a good perimeter defender himself, Butler. And Butler was marvelous in this series. Gave you 30-plus per game. He had 45 in game two. Even he hit 40-plus percent, percent from downtown. We all, Butler's not known for a great three-point shoot. He was doing it on the mid-range, three-ball, breaking through the teeth of the defense and the Hawks just couldn't slow him down and the Hawks just lack interior defense and the problem with the Hawks into why the Heat was just a bad matchup Miami was just swarming the perimeter and diving for loose balls and fighting through flare screens picking pops and they just kick uh kick their butt every facet I mean come on multiple 21-0 run in game three. You can make an argument that if Trey Young doesn't get the floater off in game three, the Haw he could have swept the Hawks. But, you know, Miami was just the more stronger team, deeper team, physical team, better well-coached team. Nate McMillan, again, in 18 seasons, his team's only got out the first round twice in 18 seasons for Nate McMillan. That's horrible. And for Eric Spolstra, 
he's done a great job. Uh, he's done a great job, and they have a chance to chase for a championship. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, with Atlanta, the only thing I could add to that is they have a lot of um, roster reconstruction they have to do there. Mm-hmm. They uh, uh, they have to address a lot of needs on the roster because if it's not Trey Young, then no, uh, not Trey Young or Bogdanovich, then it, it seems like uh, um, seems like there's no one really that can uh, uh, get their own shot. And nope. it, I don't know. It's just um, they 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 really made a, a nice run throughout the play in just to get there and get uh, gentlemen swept by the. Uh, by the uh, um by the Miami Heat, it, it is what it is. You just yeah. we saw it all throughout the season. Their their seat their their roster needs to uh uh their roster needs to attack. They're just erratic. Atlanta was just erratic. They're just erratic. And speak, I want to speak on another erratic uh, series that happened because this one is just um wow. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers defeat. The Toronto Raptors in six games after taking a 3-0 lead. Yeah. They almost in a way. They nearly did. And like it's just a lot. This this there's been some decisive series out there, but there's also been some indecisive series like this one in Philadelphia. Uh um I just mean you gotta take your pound of flesh. Go ahead, G Money. Great points, great points. Toronto gave Philly all they can handle. And you can make an argument, Chef Dan. If Toronto didn't lose game three, because in that game, they were up by 17. If it wasn't for Joe Beat hitting a crazy three or Preston Chichura missing two free throws at the end, the Raptors could have been up 3-2 in the beginning and they could have had a chance to win a game seven in Philly. Who knows what could have happened? Toronto, they give Philly all they can handle because of their quickness, athleticism with Spicy P, Achura, Thad Young, Scotty Barnes, who was hobbled the whole series, and Fred Van Fleet, who was hobbled the whole series. The Raptors get everything they can. They just, what the Raptors need, they need a star. The Raptors need a star and a six man off the bench if I were Toronto. They need a six man off the bench, a star player, a rim protector. And maybe another ball handler off the bench of your Toronto. Toronto had a great year. No one thought they'll be in the playoffs. They won 48 games for the first. No one, no one thought they'll be in the postseason after winning 27 last year. They pushed Philadelphia to six games. They almost won game three. James Harden was up and down the whole series. Did a good job with his passing, though. Tyrese Maxey with the X Factor. In their four wins, he was magnificent. Hit some crazy shots. I remember in game one, he put the Raptors to extinction with a 38-piece in game one. He, two weeks ago, he was just awesome in, in the series. Danny Green hit some timely shots to Tobias Harris. And Joel Embiid, even though he was up and down at times, Joel Embiid had his moments in which he was clogging the paint, hitting some mid-range shots. You know, Philly just had to avoid the collapse and just ran through Toronto. And Joel Embiid gets revenge on the Raptors after Toronto knocked him out in 2019 and then three years later goes into Scotia Bank Arena in Jurassic Park and shuts up the crowd and you want to hear this shit then in game six Philly was only up by one 62-61 they outscored Toronto by 34 points in the second half jeez yeah they killed him in the second half in game six 
Yeah, the second half is the money half. That's where you, you know, that's where the stars come out to play and kind of close out the game. Then it it just speaks to what you said in in wrapped in the uh, Toronto Raptors needing a star. Uh, ah, man, sounds like they're gonna have to do some trading or or uh, uh, what you, you have to do trading because you can't draft a star with the with the uh, draft pick you have right now. Right. It kind of lends into this uh, Eastern Conference of uh, uh, semifinals. Miami Heat versus 76ers. What do you I'm 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 I plan on man, you know what? I, I know I said I didn't want to do any predictions, but I just kind of don't have any hope for Philadelphia to get yeah, out of this. It, it, it's over before it started. With Joe beat having the overdose fracture and being out for game one and potentially game two, this series is over before it started. I think Miami wins in five or six around that. With, here's what I think. If Embiid somehow didn't come back, Heat in five. If Embiid did come back, Heat in six. I just think that the Heat are just better on ball defensively. I just think they have to defend and slow down James Harden. P.J. Tucker to throw on him. If Tyrese Mass is going to have a dominant series against a team like Miami, I don't see it. Because Miami's one of the best teams in being physical. And also, Eric Spolstra is more trustworthy than Doc Rivers in the playoffs, though. I'm sorry. And Miami, I, Miami, I understand that he can struggle to score. I understand that. But so can the Sixers sometimes. And also, the Heat are one of the best teams in getting deflections and steals. And he can hit the three, too. Max Struz has been on fire. Oladipo can hit threes. Larry and Butler are going to come back. Tyler, he, don't, my X factor for this series, to me, it, two X factors. Struz. Oladipo. Those are my X factors. Struess and Oladipo. They're my X factors in this series. And I think both of them have a good series. I just don't think it's a good matchup for the Sixers. If they were healthier, that would be different. But the fact that Embiid is hobbled and we don't know when he's going to play, I think he in six, to be said. I think Embiid comes back, but I got Miami in six. I um I agree with you 100%. It's just uh, you said your um, you said that your uh, um, X factors are the players. For me, I think the the only X factor in this in this series really is uh, Eric Spolstra, hmm. okay. because I don't I really after watching that Toronto Raptors series, I've kind of lost all faith in the 76ers. I don't, I don't see it. James Harden as an X factor. I don't see a uh, 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 J- uh, Joel Embiid as an X factor. Closest thing maybe is Tyrese Maxey, but that's based on. Like this, this is why I, it all goes back to Eric Spoelstra to me. How are you gonna plan on defending these guys? Mm-hmm. What's your defense plan? What's your defensive plan around these guys? If you can get, you know, if your defensive plan is sound, then it, that'll be that 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 may decide how soon you can wrap this up. But mm-hmm. uh, it all depends to me on Eric Spoelstra. There, this series is not gonna go too far. I agree I, with you one hundred percent. I agree. Miami's just hungry. And Miami is just hungry. So so you're saying that you don't want to make a prediction for Boston and Milwaukee just yet. Are you waiting for Chris Middleton to come back first? It, it the, uh, Chris Middleton is definitely an X factor for me because I don't know the news on when he is coming back. They said it, it, he may not make it through the second round as well either. There's, you know, some reporting mm-hmm. there, here and there. But that can also be just, you know, the, the organization putting out some, some news to just Right. Help the 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 help the uh, help the um 
help the other team feel more comfortable. That way, if he does come back, it's a bit of a surprise to them. Right, but we can right, kind of right. go on from uh, that over to the Western Conference. Western Conference yeah. was... Uh, that was a very, very... Um, very interesting there. Very interesting and fun. And speaking of a fun series, let's start with the spicy series with the Grizzlies and the T-Wolves. That was just awesome, man. <laughs> if you're in Minnesota, I understand they had a great year. They won 46 games after winning 23 last year. During the playoff for the first time since 2018. But if you're in Minnesota, how do you blow three games of double digits going to the fourth quarter? You win game one on the road by 13. You get killed by 28 in game two. Game three, your team's up 26 in the second, 25 in the third, 16 in the fourth, and you get outscored 37 to 12. Game five, your team's up 13, 92, 79, mid part of the fourth quarter, and then Memphis storms all the way back. Ja had a monstrous 18-point fourth quarter extravaganza and had a jaw-dropping layup to win the game, and he also had a vicious ram and slam and jammer on Malik Beasley in game five, and also in game six last night. Minnesota was up 13 in the third quarter. They're up 10 in the fourth quarter, and then you get smoked 40 to 22 in the fourth quarter at home. It's difficult. I mean, Minnesota, they had a great year, but the, the, the team was like brains, man. This team has no IQ in closed games. I mean, I remember in game three, Chris Finch didn't call a timeout until the Grizz won a 21-0 run. That's idiotic, man. Call a timeout when you see a team is not functioning. Carl Anthony Towns, yes, he had some numbers, but it didn't feel he had an uh, impact in big games. Game three, four shots last night, six of 19 from the field, one of five in the fourth quarter. Come on, dog. He just came up small. Down a stretch. Ant Man, I love Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards will be an all star in the future. And he had his moments in this series. But there's times in the season which I felt he sl slowed down and cooled off down a stretch. He did have 30 points last night, but if you watched the game, he had like 20 plus in the first half, and only had like what 10 in the second half. That's not that's not gonna get it done. And the bum of this series, D -Lo. D'Angelo Russell, he was supposed to have ice water in his veins. He was colder than the Arctic, man. 32% shooting in the series. Seven points last night. Horrible decision-making. Turn over the ball. Jumper looked off. Getting cooked on defense. D'Angelo Russell, he's a good player, but he was just terrible in this series, man. I mean... I don't know. I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think what the... the um, if, uh, if you had one word to describe the the any uh, you know you, you you can find certain similar words to describe each series. You can find you know with um, with the Celtics and with the Celtics Nets and even with the Bucks and and Bulls. One word you could say to describe that is physicality. Yeah. With this one, I think the the one word to describe this series was inconsistency. Inconsistency and wacky. Nah, just for me it was inconsistency. It was. Um, because there were many things that the Timberwolves did wrong to, you know, help themselves get uh, uh, eliminated. But mm -hmm. I think more so than that, there was also a lot of things that the Memphis Grizzlies did as well that mm -hmm. did not help their case. 
and nice. you see that they were uh, it, the game uh, the series went on to six games that a lot of people in in uh, a lot of people around the world when they were watching this series just felt like you know this um this one just didn't need to uh uh, uh go down this way it really right. didn't need to go down this way it's just right. a lot of inconsistency big time and also memphis got a lot of offensive rebounds in this series brandon clark was a was a beast in the series offensive tippings dunks slip slip rolls tip um athleticism picking rolls with job he was awesome brandon clark even Desmond Bain was hotter than a furnace. He shot almost 50% from downtown. Big time clutch shots, especially in game six last night. He had a big three at the left corner to give the Grizzlies a lead for good. He had, what, multiple threes in this series. Ran to the rack. He was marvelous. Even John Morant. I know John didn't shoot great from the field, but I love his patience at times. Did a good job getting guys involved. Did a good job getting some steals. And even Dylan Brooks had some clutch shots. And Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson was the X factor in the fourth quarter. He started off slowly the first three quarters, only at six points. But then in the fourth quarter, he had like, what, 10 plus points in the fourth quarter. He had a big three to start the fourth to cut the lead to seven. I loved his vicious dunk. Let me put in dunk, I should say, to put the Grizz up four down stretch. He was in foul trouble too much, which he has to avoid next round. But Jaron Jackson was phenomenal. In this, uh, well, was phenomenal at times, I should say, in this series. And Tyus Jones, too, with his IQ, getting guys involved, uh, you know, giving the Grizzlies offense steady, could stretch the floor. He hit a dagger three right in the heart of the Wolves in, in the fourth quarter of game six to put the Grizz up four. Good night, signing out, go home to Cancun. And Taylor Jenkins just made a proper adjustment, and Chris Finch did not. That's what I got from the series. Yeah, and so looking at it, we can kind of uh, see what's going to happen. We'll, we can uh, look forward to what's going to happen in the next series as they face the the Warriors because the Warriors were able to take care of the Nuggets in five games. They won that mm -hmm. series handedly. Um, I I saw from the war like what I saw from that series my uh, myself. So like. I can't blame too much on Jokic to do a a any more extra for the team because I felt like he had a good series that uh, that uh, good series against the Warriors. If anything, you just see what what the Nuggets look like right now, missing Jamal Murray and uh, Michael, Michael Porter. Porter. So right, they right. they're missing uh, two very high uh, uh, high octane offensive pieces, and so it felt like it, it just kind of felt like an incomplete series that I couldn't really gauge all too well so you have that uh you know you have that series so now you're gonna have an interesting matchup between the um the, uh, excuse me between the uh, uh the memphis grizzlies and mm -hmm. uh and the golden state warriors i i don't like this is this is why it's, this is why I, I think this series is going to be interesting you're mm -hmm. not going to be facing the in inconsistent uh uh defense that is the Timberwolves you're not mm -hmm. going to be facing that you're going to face a, a team that truly knows what they what they can do on the offensive end not only that right. you're facing a team that you eliminated last year out of the playoff contention I believe mm -hmm. everyone has that on their mind which is why uh, you know I, I think that's why Jordan Poole came out and had the year that he had and he's even playing like an all-star during the uh he's playing like an all-star during uh the playoffs, the, the first three uh, games. Right the first now. three games. Yeah. 
yeah, he came, he I mean, came down to earth the last two, but I get what you're saying. I mean, essentially, for for uh, you know, the, so far the percentages have all gone up in the uh, playoffs so far for uh, for Jordan Poole. So, what do you see in that matchup there between the Grizzlies and the Warriors? It's gonna be a fun series. Uh, Memphis athleticism, Golden State's catch and shoot, both teams great defensively. Memphis does more the interior. Golden State's more in the perimeter. Memphis can go to the perimeter too. Here's my keys for Memphis. Out rebound Golden State like you like you should. Because you have big bodies in Adams, Jackson, and Clark. You should out read them rebound them first to the ball. Also, swarm the perimeter with Steph and Clay. Make sure they get tired. Stay attached to them. And also Jordan Poole. He he was great the first three games against Denver, but he did come down to earth a little bit the last two games. So you gotta watch out for him if you're Memphis, because he's gonna be an X factor at times in this series. You gotta, you know, be physical with him. And also, I think the Grizz could give the Warriors a whole lot of trouble because they're deep off the bench. You have Clark, Melton, Jones, you know, Jackson that can stretch the floor, can bang in the post. Don't be surprised if Draymond Green gets into foul trouble. Do not be surprised, though. And also, major why you think Memphis has an advantage over Golden State is because the Grizz can protect the rim and also, yes, the Warriors can shoot threes, but so can the Grizzlies too. Desmond Bain can hit threes. So can Tyrus Jones. So can Melton. Ja's ja not a great three-point shooter, but he can hit the three. Brooks can hit threes. He can come up big in, in that series. Who knows? And Steven Adams, I think he's going to play more. He didn't play in game six through the protocol, but I think he'll play more in the series with his rebound. And he has experience himself. I know many people think, oh, experience, experience, experience. And I understand that, but I don't think it's going to matter in this series for me. Because here's the thing. Memphis is one of the best teams at getting diving for loose balls and forcing turnovers. Yes, the Warriors share the ball, but the Warriors can be a little bit careless sometimes, though. In fact, they were struggling with the Nuggets at times in the series in games 3, 4, and 5 because Denver had some size to give them a problem, though. Memphis has some size, and Memphis are a team that can really gain your face defensively and be physical. And you also have to consider this too, okay? Don't be surprised. And again, I'm not assuming injuries. I'm not, but you just got to consider this though. Don't be surprised if Steph or Clay get hurt in that series. Remember, Steph Curry's had sprained MCLs in the playoffs though. He's had foot injuries in the playoffs and hand injuries in the playoffs. Clay Thompson just had a torn ACL and just had an Achilles. Don't, don't be surprised if one of them gets hurt or something. And they're going to be physical. And here's the thing that helps me to think that I think Memphis has a great chance to pull the upset. There are a team out there that loves to get offensive rebounding. Golden State struggles on the boards, though. So that's the thing with me. And yes, the Warriors can hit threes, but so can the Grizzlies. If the Warriors do not hit threes in this series, they're not going to win. Because remember, Memphis is going to pack the paint, though. So that's, And Memphis is deep off the bench. So that's the thing with me. I, I I agree hundred percent. It's um it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, uh, just the defense is being played because the one thing I can say is what uh, uh watching that Memphis and Timberwolves series, the one thing that um uh, that uh, Minnesota did consistently that we know Golden State isn't going to do is they're not going to play uh, uh they're not going to play up on John Morant. They're gonna mm -hmm. play off, give him space, and make him shoot his way out of the series. Can mm -hmm. he do that? That'll that'll that may even uh, uh, shift the way the 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 um, 
the series is going to go. But right. another interesting series that happened in the Western Conference. Give me one moment. You also had the Phoenix Suns going life or death against the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, they were able to close that out uh, against the Pelicans. So you tell me, Matt, what, what did you see from that series in, in regards to the Suns, the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and, and uh, what, what, what was there to look forward to now as a, a Phoenix Suns fan? The Pelicans, fought, the Pelicans fight, man. That Pelicans team has a lot of heart, man. I mean, Brown Chun is getting offensive rebounds to Tippins. Brandon Ingram with his mid-range shot. I know CJ was up and down at times in the series, but there were times he hit some mid-range in threes. Also, Trey Murphy, um, Herb Jones getting to transition with layups and stuff. And Jose Alvarado, man, he was sticking like Chris Paul at gum on your hair. Sticking at him. Forcing multiple eight-second violations. And also, Jose Alvarado also hit big-time threes too in that series. I had a big and one here and there in certain games, man. New Orleans has a bright future. The Pelicans have a bright future. When they get Zion back healthy, it's going to take some time for him to adjust to the system. But when he gets back healthy and the Pelicans can maybe get a six-man off their bench and another rim protector to help out Valanciunas, they're going to be dangerous. Willie Green did a great job. You saw his emotions. He was upset. Crying in game six. He did a great job to around this team. Remember, the Pelicans started off three and sixteen. They finished red hot going three-three and three to even get into this position. And the Pelicans fought to the end, man. They did a great job competing with the Suns, dying for loose balls. And the Suns shot horrible from downtown in that series. But man, CP3, even though he was up and down at times, he was the point guide in game six. He was perfect. 14-14. From the field, mid-range shoots, shots. I'm sorry, three ball was falling. Hit some clutch time baskets in the series. I remember in game one, he had 19 points in the fourth. Game three, 19 points in the fourth. Hit some tough mid-range shots. And DeAndre Aiden was balling in the mid-range and in the pick and roll with Chris Paul. I love seeing that. Devin Booker got hurt because he hurt his hammy in game two. But thank God he came back for game six. He didn't look great in game six, but he hit some timely shots in the fourth quarter. Salusara hit some timely shots in the fourth quarter of game six, including that big three to get the Suns to two-point lead for good. Mikhail Bridges was big time getting, using his hands, played with that foul. He had the monstrous game five. He had 31 points, had 24 in the second half. Jay Crowder, he started off a little slowly, but he's starting to come on a little bit. The, the, what the Suns need to do next round, they got to work on their rebounding, work on their three-point shooting, and they got to hope, stay healthy. Stay healthy. All That's right, and we 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 could talk about their next round opponent and what they did against the Utah Jazz, and that's the uh, Dallas Mavericks. They were able to win the series four to two convincingly over the Utah Jazz after missing Luka Doncic for I believe what two three games. Three games. He, he three, the games, first three games. Missed the first three games. Came back the last three. Was able to help them close out the series. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, uh, Jalen Brunson put on an absolute show, an absolute clinic. The first three mm-hmm. games, averaging, I believe, what, near 30 points a game in the playoffs that. right now. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was hitting a lot of big shots. They, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, you can see the reason why they gave him that extension. There's mm-hmm. a reason why Dallas loves keeping him in uh, that building. He was mm-hmm. able to consistently hit shots and 
that team, the, all, I, the defense they play because their defense mm-hmm. has been incredible. It, the right. defense is, uh, has, has risen another level, and that was able to help them close it out against right. the uh, Utah Jazz, who they, mm-hmm. they're known to have multiple guys that can get their own shot and able to get very, very good shots. And you can kind of get lost in the sauce of each guy getting on their own individual run. And out of nowhere, you forget about one guy. But all in all, the team principles on defense were very, very sound throughout this series for the Dallas Mavericks. They did lose two games. One of them, I believe, uh, uh, was on a, a last-minute shot. Yeah, against game the, four. It was game four. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot to go bear. Mitchell to lot exactly. to go bear. Exactly, yeah. and that was, you know, something. As, as much as you want to play good defense, like when Gobert's in the air like that, he is a, a, a tough. He is a tough guy to defend against because that's a mismatch. That is a physical mismatch. So that was very interesting. Uh, uh, that series there. So now we have uh, the matchup. It is going to be the Phoenix Suns versus the uh, Utah Jazz. The Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks, Excuse me, the Dallas Mavericks. And um, what are you going to see? What do you plan to see in that series here? It's going to be a long series. I can tell you that. It's going to be long because Dallas loves shooting the three. If you Phoenix, run through the shooters. Run them off the three-point line. And also, I think Bridges and Crowder are going to be guarding Luka Doncic. They're not going to stop him. Luka's going to have a great series because he's going to have a great series. He usually shows up in the playoffs. But you got to find a way to be physical with Luka Doncic, though. you got to find a way. And also, remember, Reggie Bullock was an X-Factor, too, in that first round. So he has some timely shots, too, and plays a great defense. And Maxi Kleber, too, was a magnificent, too. Maxi Kleber hit. I may hit eight threes in game, too. So that's my thing, too. My only thing why I think here's the thing the Mavericks have to do to beat the Suns. Guard the interior. It's gonna be hard because they'll have no one to stop DeAndre in the paint, though. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be that's gonna be troubling if you're Dallas. And here's the thing we have to understand. If the Mavericks do not hit threes, they're not gonna win that series. At least if the Suns don't hit threes, they can hit the mid-range shot, they can get to the rack. Because remember, yes, Dallas is great guarding the interior, but the Mavericks cannot guard the paint, though. Because they have no rim protection, so we have to really understand that. And yes, Luka Doncic is a beast. He can hit tough shots, the fadeaway three, the mid-range, the post-up. But sometimes in the fourth quarter, you can slow him down if you're up in him. If you slow him down in the fourth quarter. And he can shoot you in the game, and he can shoot you out of the game sometimes. So those are the things we have to understand, though. It's going to be a long series, because both teams are great defensively. Both teams can score the ball. But um, Phoenix is more athletic than Dallas. Dallas is a better three-point shooting than Phoenix. It's gonna be a long series. If I had to make a prediction, I'm going Suns in six. I could see it going seven. I I, mean, uh, I, know, uh, I, I yeah. can see what you're talking about there. Um, there, there, there is a possibility there. Um, I, I can't make a prediction on this series yet because. Like I said, there's a whole lot of ext- uh, extenuating factors and a whole lot of things that you brought to light there. But another thing that um, I know you you didn't mention it, but I think it's going to be mentioned because I, we saw this a whole lot in the uh, um, in the Dallas Mavericks versus Utah Jazz series is mm-hmm. is uh, is DeAndre Ayton going to be played off the floor? Because Luka Doncic has the ability to get the switch that he wants. And That's if he gets it onto too. a big man, he That's can cook. Point. He can cook both DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee, who both played point. pivotal roles 
for the Phoenix Suns in their last uh, um, in their last uh, series. So if, for point. me, it's all about wh what Luka Doncic decides to do in the mismatch, and if he decides to play those big men off the court, can uh, 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 have we seen Phoenix Suns uh, play without an uh, interior uh, without an interior threat there, and they be comfortable throughout the uh, series? We don't know. That is to be seen there, but all in all. Very, very interesting uh, uh, series coming out here. The, the, there's some very interesting semifinals as we get uh, closer and closer to the uh, to the uh, to the finals. We're starting to see which teams are going to, you know, just make their names be known, put in that mm -hmm. stamp, and let it be known that hey, we are here to take over. That's right, it. man. It's, it's going to yeah. be a fun second round, like you said, because many teams have a lot to prove. Many teams have a lot to both. Can Milwaukee go back to back? Can Boston finally break through, get to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010? Can Phoenix redeem themselves after blowing a 2 0 lead in the Finals last year? Can Dallas, can Dallas finally get Luka Doncic's first ring? Um, can you know, um, Memphis has a surprising run to the finals though? Because remember, they only been to one conference final back in 2013. Ironically, the grades won 56 games that year. They won 56 games this year. So that's the thing, though. So th th those are things we have to realize, though. But it's going to be a long... It's going to be a fun second round. Very, very fun second round, man. But I, I want to ask you, what conference finals do you want to see personally? Um, I, I, I Truthfully, with the teams left, it doesn't matter to me as far as which team is in there, but I'm more so going to be paying attention to the Western Conference. There's going to be a lot of interesting basketball to me there. I think um, either one of these four teams, if they match up in the conference finals, is going to be very exciting. Hopefully the players there, they're not – you can't ask for them to be completely healthy, especially after playing – uh, 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 the amount of games they played throughout the season and going through these tough playoffs. But I just want to see enough of the guys there that they can, you know, show a full effort. And I'd love to see what the uh, matchups are going to be uh, uh, and what the, the, the intricacies are going to be throughout the Western Conference. That's, right. I, I'm watching, I'm paying attention to the Western Conference there. The West is going to be tough. Don't be surprised if both series go seven. Don't be surprised. Don't be, because both both these two both teams all these teams have a chance though. Dallas, they're hungry. They're great defensively, can shoot. Phoenix, they're hungry. Golden State, they want to get back to the finals. Memphis, they're quick, athletic, play great defense. They lead the NBA in fourth quarter points in the playoffs. So if they're in the close game, Memphis might take out Golden State. Personally, for me, my conference final prediction. My second round prediction for the West, I got the Grizzlies knocking off the Warriors in seven. And I got the Suns beating the Mavericks in six. In the East, I got the Heat in six over the Sixers. And the Bucks-Celtics series is tough. I'm leaning towards Celtics in seven. Leaning towards that if Middleton is not healthy. All right, we shall see. We definitely shall see. That's the notorious G Money giving us his predictions. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on uh, what we've seen so far in the playoffs and what's to come? The final thoughts is that it's going to be a fun playoffs to the end. Hopefully, it should be a, hopefully 
no more injuries, no COVID protocol. Teams have a lot to prove. Coaching matters. Eric Spolstra, Doc Rivers, Taylor Jenkins, Steve Kerr, Monty Williams, Jason Kidd have to coach the best series of their life from now until June if they want to have a chance to host up the Larry Bryant Trophy. A lot of guys have a lot to prove. Chris Paul, Steph Curry. Um, you also have John Morant, you know, Booker, Tatum, Brown, Giannis, etc. Butler, Embiid, Harden. You know, Luca have a lot to prove, have a chance to win their first championship. At, for, well, Giannis has a chance to win his second championship, but the other guys have a chance to win their first championship. Steph Curry a chance to win his fourth championship. And probably a Finals MVP, but we won't go too far ahead. It's going to be a fun, fun second round. Hopefully, it's not a dud. Hopefully, it, it goes long, and we, we shall find out what happens. Most definitely. It is playoff time. G Money has said this consistently. This is the time where men make their bones. This mm -hmm. is money time right here. So uh, you guys uh, tune in. Make sure you watch every game possible because the, by the end of these playoffs, there's going to be a shift in the uh, NBA paradigm. We're already seeing it. We're getting you know farther and farther away from, from finals that feature either LeBron or Kevin Durant. There's a new paradigm coming up into the NBA. There are new stars coming to establish themselves. New powerhouses coming to establish themselves. So I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, the new stars establish themselves and see the the, the, the talk that comes afterwards. The cities celebrate mm -hmm. themselves and then even the, 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 the fan bases and how they react because you know, the, the Milwaukee Bucks fans, I love the fact that they came off that championship because they were just braggadocious all throughout the season. It it, it gets it, it helps us get right back to organic rivalry. Right. We're right. getting right back to organic rivalries, and I absolutely love that. But right. we, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you guys so much uh, uh, for joining us and help, uh, helping us break down the playoffs and just being here to be a sounding board to bounce off of. And thank you guys so much for joining us consistently and uh, uh, supporting everything that the BX mm -hmm. Sports Jedi Network does. Uh, right. Myself, I want to say peace out. G Money, what's your last words? Peace, uh, peace out. Stay safe. Thank, may the Lord bless you. Keep you safe. Enjoy the playoffs. Stay safe from the virus. Stay healthy. And man, these playoffs are going to get spicy and juicy. Woo, woo, woo. With Most all of definitely. that, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, everybody, and have fun.